Hey guys, welcome back. BDC Care here. We're back with Season 7, Episode 3 of our weekly Q&A series. This is available as both podcast and video, so if you're currently on the video, you can check the links in the description to access this on all the major podcasting platforms if you want to download it and take it with you. Although, I think right now, uh, you can probably listen to it just as well on YouTube because it's it's a lot less likely for you to be going a place where you don't have Wi-Fi. Yes, that's so, true. Because we're all mostly in our homes. Um, it's true. Well, I guess it depends on what country you're in. I think some countries are adjusting a little differently than others. That's true, and whether or not you're in essential service, although the commute will be and this quicker. Is gonna, this is going to be part of our talk, too. Yeah, so last week we decided it was important to not talk about the coronavirus. Uh, and but we, we, we wandered into it anyways. We wandered a little bit into it at the end. Uh, yeah, and this week we're going to be talking, I think, mostly about well, politics so, and the coronavirus. So, so hear me out a little bit. So... We've been doing this for a long time. I don't know how many hundreds of videos that we've done. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many dozens of those are Q&A where we're sitting and talking about stuff. And you'd think, like, if you told me two years ago that when we started doing this that we would have that many videos of us just, you know, having conversation about things, I would have thought that you were crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's hard, I think, to avoid going into the places that I spend a lot of time thinking about during the week. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, we've made our politics pretty clear on the show. We just sort of chat about what we're interested in. I think one of my favorite comments of all times was that dude who uh, said that he used to like us until we just started uh, being <laughs> like repeating liberal talking points. Yeah. Uh, and I, I still think about that every once in a while and smile because that's my favorite reason that anybody has ever said they stopped watching us. Well, what, all right, so that... that thing about accusing people of having talking points i think it's it's definitely an insult when you are talking about stuff that you're just regurgitating right like there's no sort of internal logical consistency Mm -hmm. you don't really understand the point you can't really defend it so i get i get that but what's funny is that people who throw that out as some sort of insult but it's something that we've come to on our own but they've somehow lumped us in case seriously we've got no the expression is, we've got no dog in this fight. We've got no horse in this race. We are neither Republicans or Democrats. Oh, yeah, when we talk about American politics, yeah, especially. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because, you know, talking points are usually this kind of stuff that you pass along to people because you want them to be able to sort of propagate the ideas without necessarily having the the wherewithal to come to it themselves. I, I also just think it's a little bit funny because uh, calling somebody out for just... Uh, like repeating other people's talking points is itself just sort of one of those default responses to yeah. it's a generic response yeah right? so it, it is it is re- almost a talking point by itself that's true it's you know that's besides it's the point a cliche. Okay. so we'll get into the first question because we're, we're already sort of on it but this will at least uh crystallize it a little bit so that we can yeah. at least pretend that this is still like a q and a right um this isn't even a question it's just a comment but scarlet nb says lol i'd love to ha- just have a podcast where you rant about trump and pandemics uh so and you know you're in luck i guess i i guess all right so good uh, for you part of the background is again without trying to dox myself too much i mean clearly this is even if you're not worried about it this is very much on people's minds yeah and the degree to which it's on your mind i think i guess um it varies a lot too some people think it's they're calling it a bit of a overblown hoax and some people people are really not worried about it yeah all right so there's this dude that i barely know 
who on his Instagram story posted like he looks like he's at like a party like just in like the forest somewhere. There's like a bunch of people. Like I'm right. like I don't know what you're doing. Right. But you should not be. <laughs> they are they are um oh, they are putting their white blood cells to work. There we go. Okay. Um that's a that's a reference to the uh 36 questions the podcast. It's a podcast musical. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't realize. It. Okay, I knew it was because I'd, I'd heard the song. I didn't realize. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, so just a few, a few sort of random thoughts and a few sort of um, focused thoughts. And this is, goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, I feel like I'm almost burnt out. Like, the idea of coming to this podcast and having to shift gears too much um, was draining. I thought, well, thankfully, one of our newest patrons, um, yeah, Scarlett NB, is giving us not so much an excuse, but uh, a doorway into into doing this. Because all right, so. Not, not that we needed it last week. Yeah. So I think even when we're actively avoiding it. So I think one of the things that, that struck me because I was um, I was actually watching. I, I mentioned this right. I was watching a basketball game when the NBA canceled the season. And looking back on it, even just just this close in time, I think yeah. Um, I think history is going to really look at Adam Silver and the NBA. And I don't know how you can avoid acknowledging that they not only did the right thing, but they were instrumental in North America mm-hmm. shifting gears. They were the first major professional organization that did made a huge change in the way they normally do business in a way that actually potentially cost them a huge amount of business. Yeah, because they, unlike a lot of other places who actually can sort of have a stopgap measure, or like right. working from home and doing other stuff, if you don't play, you can't. Like, there, there's no product. Right. Right. There's no keeping sort of the lights on even, really. Like, the whole the whole thing that everything else hinges on. Like, the keystone is taken out of the equation. Right. But And, and I, I can't even express to you my, my sense of how hard it must have been for them to do. Because in general, whenever there's something big, whenever there's a crisis, whenever you need to do something way different than you ever mm-hmm. did before... Most people are reluctant to do that because it feels like I don't really want to be the one that does the first thing in case I'm wrong. Yeah. And people look at me and think, oh, they're making, they're, they're just a drama queen. They're making a big deal out of nothing. Yeah. You want to be able to point to a precedent. Right. And so if you turn out to be wrong, you say, well, I was just, you know, this was the information I was working with. I was a little bit misled. I was whatever. Right. Yeah, and you go, well, look at this other person who did it before me. You know, all these other people were already shutting down. I was doing it because that was it where the culture sense. was at. Sure, sure. So to me, like, the first mover was something as important as this. And again, I'm sure we'll get people arguing with us about how important it is, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But I think the the best thing that I've ever seen Adam Silver and the NBA do was this. Like, I, I can't imagine how hard it would have been to do that. Yeah. Um so the other thing that, that strikes me, and again, again I mean, uh, COVID has been talked, and the pandemic has, has been talked about ad nauseum, and I want to make sure that we talk about something that is either of specific interest to us or that we can contribute something meaningful. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I want to talk about was the whole idea that's come up recently. I mean, we, we are timely, if nothing else, where, and it's already out of the news cycle <laughs> in a couple of days, but the idea of yeah. calling um, the SARS-CoV uh, or COV-2 virus which is responsible for COVID, the disease, 19, calling it the Chinese virus. Mm-hmm. And so what I've been seeing whenever 
well, maybe not whenever, but a lot of time when if anybody ever criticizes, uh, in general, the use of the term Chinese virus mm-hmm. and specifically Donald Trump using it, there's all, almost always somebody defending it by pointing out and listing all these other diseases and viruses that are named after the places where they originated. Because mm-hmm. that's the argument, right? That it's that's totally justified. It's no, nothing racist about it. That you're just calling it Chinese viruses. It came from China. Yeah. All right. So the examples... It, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, it it's just funny because even from a starting point, we already know how borderline obsessed Donald Trump is with yes. using China in so yeah. much of his like strategy and like so much of his discussion of the world right. and you know I, I think it was at its fever pitch during the actual campaign itself but we we know how much donald trump loves to talk about china so it shouldn't be surprising to anybody yes yes that he's talking about it as the chinese virus yeah um because officially i mean when it started off it was called the wuhan uh virus because that was the city that came in yeah um and that makes Hubei. some sense sure I, and I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that because the examples that people pick are uh, the norovirus that originated in Norwalk, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Mountain spotted fever that started in Snake River Valley, Idaho. And I'm just using examples that are from the States. Mm-hmm. And the, there's a reason. Lyme disease, which came from old Lyme, Connecticut. Yeah. And Ebola virus, which is not American, but came from, uh, named after the Ebola River in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you'll probably notice is that none of them are named after, after countries. Yeah. They're all named after very specific cities. I mean, unless you want to start calling um, the norovirus the amerovirus. Yeah. And Rocky Mountain spotted fever, American spotted fever. And in the case of Ebola, it's not even a city. Right. It's a river. Yeah. And the other thing that you'll notice is no one is using the neuro, was using the norovirus as an excuse to be racist to Ohioans. Yes. I mean, this, here's the thing, right? So, um, that there's, there's certain countries, and I don't know if there's many of them, where they're not just a country, right? Like, China is China. People from China are Chinese. Yeah. But as an ethnicity um, and as a people, the Chinese identity extends sort of beyond the borders where when people leave China, they're still considered Chinese, right? The way that, um, and they're identified Chinese and that other Asian countries Mm -hmm. are sort of lumped in together because apparently white people can't tell the difference between Asian people. So they'll look at somebody who's Japanese and think they're Chinese. Look at somebody who's Korean and think they're Chinese. Yeah. Chinese is almost a default. It's like, they're just, they're playing the numbers game. Right. So they're just like, listen, if I say Chinese, (laughs) there's a better chance I'll get it right. And they're East Asian. Yeah. They're like, well, if I say South Korean, like, you know, right. So, um, there's definitely more associated with referring to something as Chinese than there is referring to something as American or Canadian or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's like broad strokes. You've got like what, like Europeans, Right. And then, like, you, and then people say, yeah, a lot of people do say Chinese. It's, like, East Asian. And then, I guess, like, Southeast Asia is lumped together right. a little bit, too. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so so I I can't think of... Are there any other countries that are like that? Like, I mean, there, there's a continent, right? Like, they, you talk about Africa, for example. Yeah. Um, Europeans, I guess, but without the stigma associated. Yeah, Europeans are broad. I mean, a lot of I think uh, the examples I can think of is a lot of East Asian countries where it's like an ethnicity and a culture and everything. Like to be Japanese, I think has a similar sort of 
holistic yeah. thing. Yeah. And like South Korean too, right? Yeah. So maybe Indian. Maybe although India, India, Indian is kind of a weird kind of loaded term because of the way the European settlers thought that when they hit North America, they'd actually gone all the way around to India. Yeah, and it, it's also a bit of a loaded term because there's so many people there, and there's a lot of sort of like subcultures there. Yeah. So here, there's an interesting sort of, I guess, related point. So a lot of t- one of the other terms that people point out is the Spanish flu. Yeah. And how that wasn't a big deal, but if you actually look at some of the newspaper clippings from the time, Spain Are they was actually racist. They were they were really peeved that they were calling it the Spanish flu. Yeah, because I mean that's part of the reason why the World Health Organization and um, maybe the CDC has pushed for a standardized way of naming diseases and newly discovered viruses. Because besides being a little bit like vaguely racist, naming it after a certain region sort of clouds the issue a little bit, right? There's going to be people who think that the risk is from people from that area, that it's localized to that area, and that's where the highest risk is. And yeah. sometimes that may be true. Like a MERS, which was the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, was like that because it didn't really... Because it was so not infectious, mm-hmm. that the people that were getting it were really only in the Middle East. As opposed to this, which has become, like, you know... It's pandemic. everywhere. It's everywhere. It's worldwide. Yeah. So that it... it, it it has the sort of, it does sort of the triple whammy, right? It gives you um, a target for racists to hate. Mm-hmm. It gives you, it, it lulls you in potentially a false sense of security thinking, well, it's just from China. It's not, it's, it's a Chinese virus. It's not going to affect us in North America. Although I think as far as that goes, it, we're, pretty, not, we're pretty aware. We're past, yeah. we're past, we're past, past the point, point where people think it's not going to be a North American thing. Yeah. And, um, and somehow blaming the Chinese because, I mean, ultimately, I think probably the biggest factor in this is their wet markets, right? When you take a bunch of exotic animals, yeah. you bring them all together, you kill them in unhygienic conditions, mm-hmm. um, then, yeah, that's going to be a, sort of a, a cesspool of potential pathogens yeah. that can jump to human beings. But, you know, I don't know that necessarily the Chinese government or the Chinese country or every Chinese person should be held responsible for for the practices of few um, poorly informed, dirty, um, not so much dirty, I guess, unhygienic um, vendors. vendors. Yeah, because I I actually listened to something on it. It's actually the more wealthy people who are consuming these sort of things in the like live market because they're fresher and they've got a lot of like exotic meats. Right. Right. So it's actually it's expensive. Yeah. It's yeah. like the, it's like the minority. It, right. It's if, if there's any individual group that we should be a little bit peed pissed off at is rich people. It's rich people and potentially, uh, ineffective governments who are susceptible to lobbying. Right. Yeah. No, like no, those absolutely. are, those are like the two sort of general groups. And so that sort of combined with what the culture of the rich a certain portion of the rich in China was, which yeah. is to eat these like exotic things from what we market. should do is eat the rich. Um, yeah. So, but the, all right. So the Spanish flu got blamed on Spain because uh, everybody else during wartime, Spain was not involved in the war. Yeah. So they weren't censoring their news. So they were the only people talking about this infection that was happening that actually by most accounts is believed to have originated in Kansas mm. in the U S so that 1980 flu pandemic actually should have been the American flu. Mm-hmm. But 
it ended up being so again it's it's one one of those other examples where people hold it up and say wow this is why we should be calling it the it's not a bad thing to call it chinese flu it actually is and the examples that they pick are, don't sort of bolster the case they do the opposite of anything they point out yeah this is not a great way to be naming viruses there's a lot of um connotations that that come with it that are probably not that productive yeah and like ebola even for not being named after a country was totally used for racist sentiment too sure like that's that's just another example of somebody else doing the wrong thing Right. It'd be like somebody else, somebody coming in, like a serial killer coming to court with a list of other serial killers. It's not, <laughs> it's not particularly useful. It's like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what point you're trying to make here. Yeah. We shouldn't have done it then. We shouldn't be doing it now. Right. So yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I think that's perfect. That's actually, you've, you've put it perfectly, right? Because what you're doing to justify doing something kind of crappy now is pointing to history. And if histories have an excuse to keep on doing crappy stuff, we'll never change. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, slavery's fine. Because you know, they used to do it. Yeah, pedagogy, we should have an established, um, we should have an established sort of social dynamic for having relationships with young boys. Oh, God. No, that's By not pedagogy. figures. Pedestry. Pederasty. Pederasty? That's what oh, there's an extra What's pedagogy? Is that, that's that's, that's something way, fine. That, that has something to do with, like, the way you teach, right? When you're a pedagogy. <laughs> I don't know. It's... <laughs> Um, anyways, Never sorry. Mind. Yeah, no, that was, that's an important correction. All right. So, and again, I'm not going to dox myself to, to, when I talk about this, I, I, I do want to point out that I have a, a little bit of related, um, not so much expertise, but a, an education that allows me to, to, to parse out some of the information. And I want to point out a few things that are interesting about, um, the pandemic that don't, doesn't, don't, I've got a few points. So don't, 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 don't. Uh, get enough attention that people maybe aren't talking about it enough. So instead of getting lost in the stats, because when people argue about whether this is significant or not, they say this is the number of people that have died. This is the number of people that are sick. This is how fast the infections are going. And you compare numbers from one disease to another or one um, cause of death to another. And I think you get mm -hmm. lost in the weeds in a way that's not good. The one piece of information that really clarifies everything is that Italy... I want to say running out, but they ran out of ICU beds. Italy ran out of ICU beds. So it, that's an intensive care unit, right? Where, um, and you have to, if you're going to ventilate somebody. So ventilation is where you get a machine to breathe for somebody because they are so weak and so sick they can't breathe for themselves. Yeah. A first world country ran out of ICU beds in the almost 50 years I've been alive. Mm -hmm. I have never, ever heard of a first world country running out of ICU beds. It just, yeah. it, it's, it's unprecedented. So maybe other things are more, are, are more deadly. Maybe some other things are, you know, more infectious, but as far as the number of really sick people that need, um, a lot of support, like mm -hmm. medical support, this is, this is unprecedented. Even like, listen, one hospital running out of ICU beds. Sure. A city, Ah, uh, maybe. I don't know enough, but a country? Yeah, it's a first world country. That's a lot. It's kind of ridiculous. And, you know, sort of related points, right? Like, people like to point out to uh, these numbers when they say that it's not such a big deal, right? They're saying, and again, even if they were right about it, it still is a big deal. They're saying that the, the deaths are skewing towards the older people. And they're saying, well, Italy, it's the oldest country in the EU by average age. Uh, it's, they, they smoke a lot that whatever right um 
so oh and they're saying that it's not such a big deal because only the older are vulnerable and they're using that as excuse for saying you know lately they've been saying well i'm sure a lot of grandparents would be willing to sacrifice themselves to for the economy and save the country for their grandchildren which is uh, by itself another ridiculous um sentiment that i, I i'd like to talk it's like about soylent later. green almost it is worse than that because we don't even get the nutrition <laughs> Um, yeah. And, and, well, you know what, why, why that's, it's worse than Soylent Green, because Soylent Green, at least they, they knew enough that it was bad that they hid it from people. Like, it was a secret. That's true. They didn't proudly proclaim it, saying, this is why we need to get back to work and get the economy running again, at the cost of a few million people that might die because they're old and they're willing to sacrifice themselves for, and just to be clear, I'm being sarcastic here, I am paraphrasing what they're saying i don't believe this at all i think it's a it's a crappy argument yeah but even then um it's not actually skewed as bad as you think because think about it so right now italy has the biggest number of deaths they got six thousand something Mm -hmm. the next closest country only has three thousand so italy is is like way ahead of everybody else so their numbers skew everybody else's so we've got a country that is doing battlefield triage so triage is the idea that you prioritize um, who gets what. Yeah. And battlefield means that you're on the field of battle. You don't have enough resources. Battlefield triage. You pick the healthiest and the youngest people, the people you think are going to survive, have the best chance of survival. Yeah. To save when you don't have enough bandages That's pretty or brutal. tourniquets. That's pretty yeah. brutal. So what they're saying, the only treatment that we know is ventilating people. You are pick. You're literally picking the people that are youngest to get the only treatment that you know will help, that you keep them breathing until their body has a chance to fight off the infection. Mm-hmm. And the other people, you're saying, you know what? I'm very sorry. We're out of ventilators, and you aren't on the list. So it's no surprise that the people who are not getting treatment are having worse outcomes. Yeah. And they are dying. Um, they are, I mean, I, I can't stress this enough. They are actively choosing to give the only known effective treatment to the younger and healthier people when they run out of enough treatment for everybody. Yeah. In a country that's overrun. So that, that definitely makes it skew then, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, and the other argument that people are say, are pointing out that they're using to reassure themselves that, ah, it's no big deal. There's one number that's that 99% of people have pre-morbid conditions. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely true. What's a pre-morbid condition? Pre- it might surprise you that high blood pressure is one of those pre-morbid conditions. Mm. And that's common, common. It's ridiculously common. And for most people, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like when you say high blood pressure about, and I looked this up in Canada and in the world, it's about between 20, 25% of people. So about one to one in five or one in four adults have high blood pressure. Okay. So when you say that 99% have, have something going on, only 1% were perfectly healthy. If you had high blood pressure, you would not be cons- and you got killed. You would not be considered that one percent. If anything, there is a, about one out of every four deaths that are happening. Mm-hmm. People have one condition. Another mm-hmm. quarter have two, and I think the rest have three or more, something like that. But so it's very likely, given how common high blood pressure. You is. know what? No matter no whether or not your other numbers were right or wrong, the rest have three or more is definitely a correct statistic. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um, so it's it's actually hitting a lot of people that would be who would consider themselves relatively healthy. Mm. So yeah. Um, 
Oh, and I guess the other point I wanted to make that I get, uh, also I'm not seeing too much, is that people are, are saying that, well, they're overstating the number of deaths due to COVID-19 mm-hmm. because um, somebody in Italy was saying that if somebody had a heart attack but were sick with COVID-19, the, on the death certificate, they're going to say that the death was from COVID-19. Yeah. They're saying, well, death was from a heart attack. And I think people are missing the point a little bit that when you have somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> who has clogged arteries and they're in the hospital being ventilated <laughs> because they're sick with COVID-19. Yeah. And then they have a heart attack. Sure, the heart attack was the most proximate. It was the last thing that tipped them over the edge. Yeah. But why do you think they had a heart attack now? I mean, if you're looking at somebody who's lying in a bed who, who can't breathe for themselves because they're so exhausted yeah. from the sickness, I think it's not a, a stretch to say that really all that means is it's that really sick people are dying from it. Mm-hmm. And... It's not the heart attack that put them on a ventilator. Yeah, it would be like saying the cause of death was lack of oxygen instead of COVID nineteen. Oh yeah, you can say that. But listen, if you wanted to say that, you could say the lack, uh, the cause of death for everybody was their heart stopped. That's true. Right? Because unless if you're separating from say brain death, right, where people are sort of brain dead and you keep them going because uh, you know organ donation, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like to to measure, there's different ways to measure death. Yeah, I guess or to to not measure it, but you know what I mean to mark death i guess mm-hmm. then really ultimately you say their heart stopped mm. but um uh, now I, well I, you can't I, even I, just say their heart stopped because sometimes people have their heart stop and then you just put a oh that's true like artificial yeah. hearts or yeah makers yeah um so it, it's a complicated thing but i think a lot of the the arguments to say that well somehow it's not a big deal really again if you want to just clear out all the weeds, it's that they're a first world country ran out of ventilators and ICU beds and had to start deciding who to let die and who to survive. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think what we've seen with the panic and everything as a secondary effect is this, the issues are mostly collective ones, right? It's not what do you on mean? an... So the the panic causing everybody to buy things, right? right? The people needing to social distance, right? Right. Any one case, you know, eighty percent of the cases or whatever the exact number is are mild to moderate, right? Oh, okay, but mild just means that they didn't admit them. Yeah. In a, in, in a situation where the their their hospitals are getting too full, yeah. they're actively turning away people who don't need ventilation. They think could survive if they went to went home yeah. under normal circumstances, that number would be a lot smaller because if you'd had the capacity, you'd probably be admitting some of them. But in this case, you, you're actually pushing them away. Yeah. Oh, anyway, sorry. But the, the, the point is that the vast majority of people, even if you're only looking at the percentage of people who are dying, right? Yes. Uh, on an individual basis, are you likely to die sp- just from this? No. No. As any one individual person, uh, assuming that you have access to resources while you're holed up, Right. Right. Are you, is this going to cost you your life? No. But uh, on a collective level, there's going to be huge, huge costs. Yeah. Right. And so this is an issue that requires collective action and this issue who's, depending on who you are, if you're somebody in Italy, right, it is affecting, I think, everybody there. Right. Every, like almost everybody, like know somebody who is sick, something like that. Like it's really sort of ravaging that population. Right. Uh, but in places where it hasn't gotten bad, bad yet, and where hopefully it won't get that bad if we have the right procedures in place, if we right. and if we enact if, them, if we have the right procedures, and if we have the will 
yeah. to follow through with them. Then it's an issue of it, it, it's an issue of scale and collective action and right. sort of the it's a, a lot of the damage is going to be spread around pretty evenly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in ter- in terms of the panic, at least, not in terms of the actual people who are directly affected by the sickness. Well, I mean, the resources. The, people people with money are going to be able to better insulate with themselves from it, and I think that yeah. relates to the next question that I had some ideas to talk about. But it's it's really again, it comes back to eat the rich. Like at some point, you got you got to start recognizing that the rich are if not complicit in the the beginning with you know in China with the wet market they're yeah. complicit in the lack of a sufficient response to protect the people who need it yeah because the only people who are actually empowered to make decisions are politicians and businesses basically are right. the two big ones because right. People are relatively reliant on the reliant on, people are reliant oh, on livelihoods God. and tons of people are reliant on okay. their direct so, livelihood on a paycheck to paycheck basis. Speaking of, of of businesses, I saw a tweet from Elon. Is it Elon? Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. Yeah. Saying, you know what? We will start. Um, I I can't remember whether he was going to pay for it or he's going to help build it. He, we're going to start um, getting ventilators when when we're running out. And Nate Silver, you know the guy from Five Thirty Eight, the stats yeah. guy, says, "Yeah, we are running out now." And Elon Musk's reply was, "Oh, where?" Like it, there, it, it, it ca- to me, it almost captures perfectly where you've got a billionaire who's got the ability to make huge change. Yeah. Um, getting sort of the public attention for saying, "Yeah, I'm going to do something," mm-hmm. and then not even having. I mean, this is what "Let yeah. Me Google That for You" was was created for, right? Like he's asking a stats guy to tell him where he needs to spend his money. Yeah. When, I mean, I I, I don't even know be, know how to begin to talk about it. That it's just it boggles my mind that a billionaire is that ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen. Lots of other good things. You know what? That that reminds me of something else, tangentially. Okay. So, do you remember when Notre Dame burned? Yes, and, and every, they promised. Nobody's given the money. Yeah. All those billionaires said, I'm going to give you this money to help you rebuild it. They all promised it at the time. They got the credit for pretending they would. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they did. didn't do anything. Right. Yeah, and then there's the, the secondary thing where people at the time were, you know, saying really, like, this, like, old, like, white European church is the thing that's getting money. Yeah. And it, it's not that, like, we can't give money to both things. It's not that right. it isn't a landmark and that it shouldn't be rebuilt, but it is right. true that, like, you know, it was essentially just uh, visibility and cachet that people were even offering. Right. But um, I think ultimately it turned out, because almost nobody gave any money, it's probably better for them to uh, pretend to give money to some white European well, thing and give them false hope than it is to for causes <laughs> that actually need it. Right? If you're, if you're going to yeah. say you're going to do it yeah. and not do it, it's better when it's a building and not, like, you know, right. a bunch of people's livelihoods that you're, that you're screwing over for publicity. And I guess that's why they're businessmen. They're getting the most use out of their money, right? They're getting the value out of it without having to spend it. They're getting the their bang out of their theoretical buck. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. True. Yeah. So it's a it's the same sort of thing that he's doing here, where yes. or well, you know, maybe well, he, is, maybe he ends up actually he, putting the money into but, it. But again, he's, he's promising something conditionally, conditions met, and again, instead of moving and doing something about it, like he apparently he can do in business, he's it's almost like he's looking for excuse not to do something by saying, "Oh, where I didn't know." Yeah, a lot of his, a lot of what Elon does is based largely around sort of 
grand gestures that are of questionable uh, efficiency, right? right? With, like, the diver and stuff. Right, right. And his whole, like, I'm going to build, like, a... A special super sub? A new technology for it. And yeah. it's like, no, yeah. we just yeah. need human effort and bravery right. and a cool dude who you're going to call a pedophile yeah. for trying to save kids. Yeah, yeah. That was our first question. There we go. We got another question. <laughs> we got another... Yeah, 32 minutes. Not bad. Uh, our next question comes from Apocalypse, and they say, uh, Impeachment fun fact. The last six presidents to take office in the U.S. have been threatened with impeachment or impeached, all by their opposing party. Impeaching Obama was a running joke in my high school. Politically, I don't know what I am. I'm just sitting here seeing two parties who would rather bicker with each other than work together. I email my senators about the subpoena documents and witnesses. Neither directly addressed my issue. Instead, they said Democrats targeting Trump. No reason for impeachment. House was unfair. Right. All right. So let me talk about the idea of impeachment because it's a, it's definitely an American thing. I think there's like a, a no confidence. Canada does it differently. And I think to me, it's important that there's a process in place for getting rid of someone who is damaging like if mm-hmm. you know you, you have an election you've got what however many years i think most t- time you just finish it out but if there's somebody who's actually really dangerous for your country yeah you got to be able to get rid of them somehow mm-hmm. so the way that it's been framed as it's invalidating the previous election no it's not if anything impeachment is saying that the the election was valid and we've got other reasons why it turned out it was wrong. Yeah, it's it's something enshrined in the Constitution to ensure that, you know, you don't just put somebody in and say, okay, four years, whatever happens is fine, we'll just yeah. grin and bear it. Right. Which right. makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely, right? And there's a big difference between threatening and actually impeaching. So you can threaten it because you can threaten anything, yeah. whether it's actually effective or not. So, so let's, I mean... Let me preface this by saying I think it's obvious, again, we are neither Democrat nor Republican. Mm-hmm. We are Canadian. We don't have a, a horse in this race. Mm-hmm. However, uh, I think Canada skews a lot more towards some of the uh, socialist um, ideas, principles. More, principles. More, more left-wing. We, we, we like the idea of, of uh, social safety nets. We like the idea of universal health care. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get it. We use it. It's kind of cool. It's it's a good time. I, right. I like it, generally. So I think it's worth looking at the actual impeachments and not just the threats, right? So the the Bill Clinton, he was uh, impeached for lying about an affair. Eventually, it all came out that he was having an affair, even though he initially de- denied it. Mm-hmm. And so the and the person who ended up taking the biggest hit for it was the person that he was having an affair with, right, a the, much younger woman who was not in a position of power. Right. She was actually... in had the least amount of power in that situation. Yeah. And it's ridiculous to me. Again, here's the idea of naming it. It's all named after her when really the person who's at issue is the person who was married, who was in a position of authority and power. And so should he have been been impeached? I think absolutely. Because as the president of the United States, if there's anything like this that he's trying to hide... Um, and he was trying to hide it, obviously, when he was saying, I did not have sex with that woman. I did not have relations with that woman. Oh, no, he said sex. I think it was... Uh... He said relations at a different time. Though. Oh, that okay, was like, That's like one of the quotes. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Because like, to me, it was... The... Oh, so you want to play a game of gotcha now? <laughs> yeah, it was, the, it was the semantics behind it, right? Like, the, somehow, um, oral sex was not sex. Yeah. Like, only sexual intercourse is sex. And he also said relations, too, which is... Like, okay, he so, definitely yeah. did. Okay. I, I don't remember that because it didn't stand out, but I... It might have been, totally been, like, sexual relations. might have so, been the... I don't, he said okay. something. So, but he's, to me, that means he's compromised. You do not want a leader 
that has the secret information that he doesn't want to get out because then somebody has leverage against him and can get him to do things that is not in his country's best interest. And somebody who will also just look at your face and lie about a personal issue. Right. I mean, it's separate from that. I mean, if it's a personal issue that doesn't really matter, but clearly he was um, he was willing to lie under oath about it. Yeah, and that, that's what I meant, is that there's reasons to potentially limit the information that you are releasing when directly asked about it, about right. internal certain internal affairs. Right. But right. when it is become an issue and you're willing to come out and make statements about it and directly lie about that, you there's no sort of safety benefit to the country for right. lying about right you know an affair right so and and so the other guy who was impeached was trump very recently so he was impeached for all right so an ally the ukraine had funding that was already uh promised to them mm-hmm. they knew it was coming he withheld it yeah as leverage for the ukraine and depending on who you listen to to either announced that they were investigating um, Joe Biden's son, Hunter mm-hmm. Biden, and Joe Biden being the front-runner now, even more of a front-runner for mm-hmm. the Democratic nomination, um, or actually, or, or just announcing it, or actually trying to hunt down information. So, again, I think he absolutely should have been impeached, and he should have been pulled from power just the way Clinton should have been, because he admitted to every bit of fact that he was being accused of. Yeah. So... Funding was withheld from an ally, the Ukraine. It was done without any, like, it was funding that had already been approved by, I can't keep track, House of Rep- Representatives, the Senators, yeah. whatever. Um, the Ukraine was aware of it. They knew that it was being withheld. He had a conversation and said, hey, do me this favor. Yeah. And w- he only f- released the money after he was caught. So when it was revealed that this is what happened... He allowed the transcript to come out, and it was at a point where he'd already been caught before he actually released the money. So you can't really go back and say, "Well, I." Um, well, he got I it did, now. You got it. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's it's it it, it lacks a certain uh, believe credibility when you wait until you. He's actually like, caught. listen. Everything else is in the past. The yes. important part is, as of this particular moment in time, the money right. had got to them. And they right. didn't even do the investigation, so I didn't even get what I wanted. So I don't see why everybody's right. so mad about what I tried to do. <laughs> That's almost exactly it. Yeah, all right. Um, so here's the, the funny thing, too. So you've got two sides of this coin, two impeachments. And I think when you, you have to look at whether who, who which group is, is acting in good or bad faith, I have to say the Republicans really don't come out smelling really great here. Cause, so you look at Kenneth Starr and Mitch McConnell. Uh, two of the many people defending Trump against his impeachment were making the exact opposite arguments when Clinton was impeached. Mm-hmm. So they were making the argument that absolutely this sh- this should be he these are impeachable offenses, and they're making the opposite argument when it comes to Trump. Yeah. And and this this is not like a general endorsement of the Democrats. It's not to say that the people we think are better than the worst people are across the board doesn't make good. them good yeah, yeah it doesn't exactly. make them good yeah and, it's a low you know, bar it's some, a relatively low some bar. of them some of them i think are good some of them I, I look at and i see the things they say and i genuinely think they are good uh and people who have the best interests of others at their at heart like there's a bunch of things that obama did that are not ideal right like right. I, I think you know you look at the sum total of the decisions of almost any president and you can find issues but even separate from that i think it's still fair to keep people accountable for things that they did yeah. that you don't like oh, yeah. even oh, yeah. even like the nobody's perfect argument doesn't mean that you stop looking for things that people are screwing up right it's like saying if if it's possible to pick a lock if it's possible to break a lock does that mean you just leave your door unlocked all the time 
No, yeah. you still make the effort. It's still worth it, mm -hmm. right? So if you look at both parties, I mean, because it's a false equivalent saying that the two parties are bickering and somehow they're both just as bad. Mm -hmm. um, because when two people are fighting or two groups are fighting, that doesn't mean they both have a legitimate complaint. Yeah. And the, to me, when you look at them and you, if, if you, you, you look at them and they say, one of them, one group is actually saying, it's okay when we do it, but it's not okay when you do it. Mm -hmm. Right? That somehow it's, it, it becomes less a matter of doing the right thing than it is of winning. Mm -hmm. That's the group I do not want in power. Oh, there was one really great video that I made you watch. Uh, part of the alt-right playbook for Innuendo Studios, a th uh, thing where they're talking about uh, uh, they go high, we go low. Right. Right? With yes, uh, Republicans yes. talking about uh, the Democrats going to be the most obstructionist party that we've ever seen and the whole keeping the Supreme Court uh, spot unfilled, right? Yes, and, yes, yes. And not letting a wall put it in. I think that's a great video for, for reference. We might post that in the description, but you can also look up the All Right Playbook by Innuendo Studios, and it's one of those videos. It's a great series we recommend checking out. It is very left-wing, uh, so be ready for that, I guess. Yeah. But I think we make our, our political stances right. clear. That shouldn't right. come as a huge surprise to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but again, I think... It's it's funny because the the biggest argument against when you say a Democrat puts that up, it's that well you you have vested interests, you're in it, so you obviously want your team to win. Yeah. But it strikes me that the kind of stuff that um, that they're willing to do has at least a little bit more consistency to it. It's not so. Um, oh, there's a word. I, I'm totally losing my mind now. Um, it's not so. Uh, it's there isn't the same hypocrisy associated with it. So when they were making a big deal about it's not Trump, as like bad faith. Yeah, like so. So when they were making a big deal about Trump's, um, you know, grab her by the pussy and stuff. Yeah. That when Al Franken got caught, he's Democratic something, a senator, House of Repres uh, Represent. I don't remember. I don't know. But when they when that came up, he uh, stepped down. Yeah. Um, so there were there were Democrats that were calling for him to step down. There's nobody. I don't think there were anybody. Once he got elected, there's no Republicans that are asking him to Trump to step down because of that. So it's the, it's the standards that you hold yourself to, where somehow, um, again, things that you are happy to yell at other people for doing and saying that it's it's bad, but you're totally willing to to let your own guy go. Yeah. I think that's uh, again that's that's uh, telling kind of point yeah and it's interesting too i mean in the case of impeachment uh you know the democrats were almost entirely unified right right but i think in a lot of cases if you just look within the democrats they're not a particularly unified group yeah. they're not nearly as monolithic right because you have within the democrats you have democrats and then you have like progressives right right and the sort of candidates that are being put forward and the platforms being held are increasingly split between Democrats and progressives, right? right? Where right. Joe Biden is a Democrat, right? Like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders were the progressive candidates, right. right? Right. And they're becoming increasingly sort of disparate. Whereas the Republican Party has, I think, a similar level of disparity in ideology, but there are a lot more monolithic in their sort of voting well, decisions. Sure. Yeah. And it's, this is the, the point, right? I mean, it's easy to call it's to project and call somebody else what you're doing and people have accused the impeachment of being a partisan impeachment and, and in my mind as an outsider looking in it's not so much a partisan impeachment as it was a partisan acquittal yeah um 
I think yeah. both both halves of the like the first half of the appeasement, right? It it, mm-hmm. it it was partisan, but I don't think it should have been. Right. It was partisan because the Republicans put up a unified force to vote against it. To resist it, it right. Yeah. Right, right. Um and it wasn't it wasn't entirely partisan. Like there were some Democrats who voted against it for different reasons. Different reasons, but I think right. Insufficient reasons. Well, the the who was it that voted yes on one but no on the other? Because they oh, thought no, it was, that was that was that was, that fine, was Republican. I think. That was um. Oh, was that Mitt Romney? No, wasn't that Mitt Romney? Really? Yeah, Mitt Romney voted um yes on one and no on the other. There was also a Democrat who did that, wasn't there? Or no? Ah, uh, there might have been a, maybe a name Tulsi Gabbard. I don't remember. I remember somebody was saying that I think there was enough information to impeach him on the first count, but not the second was, or that, something like that. That was Mitt Romney. Was that Mitt Romney? That okay, Mitt never Romney. mind. I thought that was. Yeah, I'm misinformed. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, there might be another one. Listen, I'm totally misinformed. Again, it's it. This is not. This is more like like a hobby than a life or death kind of thing for me. So it's not like yeah. A, it 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 affects the world just because America affects the world. Right. But yeah, it's All not right. like it's not like we're asking for handouts because we're gonna see any of the money that the social programs <laughs> that they include are gonna. All right, so we are so out of time. We are. Um, and the, I had some other points about like insider trading, I guess, but maybe we'll do that next week. Yeah, you know what? We'll just we'll keep talking about politics. Scarlet NB is paying us a buck a month, and they want to hear it. So totally you know, why worth not? it. Exactly. <laughs> we we talk about it anyways, but we know there's at least one person who who wants to hear it who is invested in our content. So that's thank you, Scarlet. Yeah, there we go. We're we're, at, we're well, we're gonna thank them already in just a second here. So. Yeah. You, you've got an extra one this week. Uh, so, yeah, we're out of time. We'd like to give thank yous to a couple different people. First off, a shout-out to Eliza No Nickname Katen. Sometimes you just got to go back to the basics, like we did with our Q&A. Uh, this shout-out has been brought to you by me. I brought the shout-out to you just now. Um, we'd, also like to thank, we'd also like to thank everybody who has supported us on Patreon. You want to take that away? All right, so big thank you to Consul Peasant and Ed Woon, who are supporting us at the highest tier last word. Mohammed Abshady at the Your Message Here tier, Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Mall, Michael DeVries, and Brandon C., who support us on the credited level, and Chris Wolf and Scarlett Envy at the gratitude level. Yeah, so thanks so much for your support, and we'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.